0: what's going on guys welcome back to another episode of the no rain no rainbows podcast as always big shout out to my executive producer andre Suttles of subtle solution for helping to make this podcast possible i'm excited for today's episode we're gonna get fit and we can't do it by ourselves joining me today jenny <laughs> fisher aka on instagram FitFishMom mom on the podcast today jenny how are you
1: I'm good. Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, I'm excited too. And I think our (laughs) listeners are going to get a lot of value out of this episode. But before we jump into the subject matter, Mm -hmm. I always love to give my guests an opportunity to introduce themselves to the audience so we can kind of get acquainted a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So I'm Jenny Fisher. I am uh, married to my college sweetheart. I've got two little boys and I have a full-time medical sales job. So I cover basically all of South Carolina Savannah. Um, but on, I guess my side hustle is I do YouTube videos, an um, Instagram influencer and, um, in about four days I'm launching my own, um, app program. So that's kind of exciting, but yeah, so I've got a lot of, a lot of balls in the air and i juggling everything and that's kind of my life. But, um, my biggest mission right now with that side hustle is making fitness, um, available to everybody in a very, um, you know, open way that people feel comfortable to come to me, try things out and, um, yeah, accessible fitness.
0: That's amazing. (laughs) And I think fitness has, has changed so many people's lives. And it's something that, um, I know personally kind of going on that journey has been very beneficial for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was your journey into fitness? Like, I'm interested to know the origin story of that (laughs) passion that you have now.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I was a competitive cheerleader, high school cheerleader and soccer player in high school and loved just being physical, tumbling, you know, dancing, all of those things. And started going to, I think it was senior or junior year, started doing a lifting class at uh at my high school. I was one of three girls. This is before lifting was kind of popular with females. Um, this is like 25, 30 years ago. It was it was a while ago. <laughs> um so I'm one of three girls in this class of a bunch of high school meatheads, you know, throwing weights around and I'm competitive. So I step up and I start doing things and I, um, I start setting records for female strength in my high school. Wow! And um, that, you know, when you're good at something, you kind of just want to keep going. And that's how I started really just getting into the fitness thing. Um, yeah. Then I go to college. I, uh, I danced for um, North Carolina state dance team. And there's obviously athleticism there, but after our practices, my husband who was on the NC state football team, we would meet cause we were so broke, <laughs> so broke in college. Our date nights would be go to the dining hall after we would go to the free college gym. Uh, but because he was on the football team, he had all of this strength training background. All of his coaches were teaching him things. So he was able to teach me a little bit more about form and then about supersetting and all that stuff just blew my mind. Yeah. Um, so you know you get very creative, and um, and then my husband one day goes, listen, I'm this is when we're seniors in college, I think. And He goes, I'm a, I'm a personal trainer. He goes, I don't know why you're not personal training. You'd be great at this. And so he talked me into getting certified, got into that, and realized how much I loved connecting with people and just helping them with their goals and and their uh, you know fitness everything. And because of that though, I, I wanted to get into sales. So I got into sales and did all that, stopped the fitness personal training, but continued on my journey. Yeah. And that's how, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, how I developed my style and that's how it was. I, I use myself as, as an experimental Guinea pig on what I like to do and, and realized that I really enjoy just athletic movement and, and movement is what drives me and motivates me.
0: Yeah. Something that kind of makes you feel alive, right?
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly.
0: It's interesting that you said kind of getting into lifting before lifting was kind of popular among women and stuff. And I've yeah. heard a lot of women say before, like, I don't want to lift weights because I don't want to get big and, and yeah. all that. And I feel like that taboo or that, I guess that a uh, myth has kind of been slowly debunked, but mm-hmm. just to kind of re debunk it, what would you say to anyone that's <laughs> listening, any females that are listening, thinking to themselves, Hey, I don't really want to pick up heavy weights because I'm not trying to get all big and, and bulky.
1: I, you know, form follows function. So I think that if you're, if you're somebody who's okay with having muscle tone, um, not bulky muscle tone, just muscle tone, weightlifting is what you want to do. Weightlifting strength training is what you have to do to be able to sculpt yourself. So you can go to a yoga Pilates class all day long and you're going to get those long, nice lean muscles. Um, but you're not going to fill them out with any kind of mass to give you the feminine. Strength, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I am one that I push people to go to weightlifting because you're not going to get bulky. The women that are powerlifters and they're the ones with a lot of mass. They work very hard to get to that. They eat a lot of calories to be able to bulk up like that. So, if you are somebody who you know you're you're just trying to get into fitness, you're worried about weightlifting. Consider all of the benefits of weightlifting. You know the the osteoporosis thing. Everything goes uh, is reduced for women that are weightlifting, um, heart, uh, uh, heart health, all of these things by, by weightlifting, the bulkiness is not something that we need to worry about. It's, you know, trust me, you would have to eat so many calories to bulk up like that. You're good. You're good. But you're going to get those nice feminine, feminine muscles from it. And I think that's beautiful.
0: Absolutely. I would agree. I, talk to me about the journey into sales, because as, as with any skill, um, mm-hmm. sounds like when you say, Hey, when you're good at something, you keep doing it. And it sounds like you were naturally drawn to connecting with people. Did yeah. sales come naturally to you as well? Or was that kind of more of a, an uphill battle?
1: Um, I, I think that, so i I had a fear, like a huge fear of public speaking when I was in college and in my younger life. I mean, like shaking like this. So I get into sales and they train you very well. I was in pharmaceutical sales. They train you very, very well to where you can kind of go out and just regurgitate words. So for the first like five years, that's what I did, but I loved building relationships with my offices. So I would build those relationships and that put me at ease and everybody really enjoyed me being there. And when it came to the sales thing, I just, it's practice, right? Practice makes perfect. So if you're somebody who's thinking about going into sales because you love being around people but you're nervous about presenting and things like that, that is something that you can practice and it gets easier. And you start to realize that no is not a personal offense to you. So Mm -hmm. I think once you understand that, it actually helps you grow as a person when you have people say, no, sorry, I don't want your services. And you go, okay, no problem. On to the next. But um, getting into sales, it was kind of an uphill battle because I was in the wrong industry. I was in pharmaceutical sales and it's very much like a commercial. You're asking people to do a lot for you and you're not giving that much back, quite frankly. That's how I felt about it anyways. And I ended up getting into more of a service a uh, service field, service sale, where I could help people. I could make things more beneficial for their workflow. And because of that, it gave me confidence. So it is also one of those things that you kind of have to find your niche and have that speak to your personality. Um, So there's a lot of different types of sales out there and you got to find the one that fits. I'm not a walking commercial and I learned that.
0: Yeah. Well, I've also kind of, I I know a lot of people would say, you know, I don't like sales. I don't like sales. And I've said on the podcast before, in one Mm -hmm. way, shape or form, we're always selling at some point in our lives, whether we're selling ourselves to a job Mm -hmm. opportunity or selling ourselves into a relationship and, and things like that. I mean, I think we all have, the sales aspect within us is just Mm -hmm. uh, making sure that we're connected to what we're actually selling. Right.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. You have, I'm one of those, if I don't believe in what I'm selling, it shows. I I have a hard time. um, Again with pharmaceuticals, I had a hard time with it because I'm like, Oh, that, that trial that you have me talking about, it's not really that impactful. Like I know this. So (laughs) it's hard for me to tell a doctor who's had 12 years of education on this. um, You know, otherwise, But yeah, so um, you have to definitely believe in what you're selling and to build that confidence up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that's why so many people might've had maybe a bad taste in their mouth because they might've come across someone who was selling something they didn't believe in, or they were asked to sell something that they didn't believe in. And it kind of like leaves them a little jaded, which we could understand, but Mm -hmm. I'd love to kind of help continue to debunk that. What about balancing the side hustle and the sales? I mean, Mm -hmm. at some point, Obviously, to where you are now, there was the thought process to continue with the fitness journey, continue pouring into others, and then the inception mm-hmm. of a YouTube channel on top of that and, and building your way up. I'd love to kind of yeah. find out when did you realize, yeah. like hmm, let me put more on my plate.
1: <laughs> yeah, um <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out if if that's uh what I need to be doing, but um, so I am very, very blessed with uh, a job. you know, I've worked my way up in sales to where. I'm with a type of job where it's if you're getting results, you're getting impactful results. You're doing all the things that you need to to create a pipeline. Everything kind of just works. If you're working and putting in the time with with my actual job, things just fall into place. Results start happening. Um, so I make sure that is my priority one. Besides my family, of course, my priority one is my job. So if things are going crazy at work, you're not going to see me post a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, that that kind of falls to the wayside. But then I I started my Instagram because I had friends that were genuinely asking me, Jenny, I need your help at the gym. Can you can you work out with me? Can you give me some nutrition advice? Can you tell me some exercises to do? And one week, I had three people ask me fitness nutrition questions. And so I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, drinking my glass of wine at night, probably watching Bachelor or something daydreaming. And I'm like, why don't I just film little quick workouts and post them on Instagram, that would take no time to do. And so um, that weekend, I went and filmed three workouts, put them up. And within a month, I think I had 500 followers. And I'm like, wow. well, apparently people need these. This is great. So I just thought, okay, this will be a fun side thing. I'll go film when I can and post the workouts. And so it kind of blended with my current job really well um, I cover all of South Carolina so during my lunch breaks if I didn't have a lunch I'd stop and go film two workouts and then I'd have content mm-hmm. um, but from there now I have over 30,000 followers there I've got 30 some thousand on TikTok and it just kind of grows I keep opening I've got this content so I share it on different platforms This kind of how it goes and YouTube was the same way I already have this content why not put it in another area where maybe some other viewers couldn't see me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. The, the whole start of it was, you know, kind of listening to your market. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I say that for the listeners that have that idea of maybe starting a YouTube channel, starting, uh, starting a blog or something. And, and mm-hmm. they say, Hey, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what yeah. to do. And, and the reality is like, you know, well, what do people ask you advice for and I know yeah. some pe- folks are kind of timid in terms of like, well, I'm not an expert in anything. Mm-hmm. The reality is you don't have to be an expert. You just have to know more than the people behind you, one step behind you. And,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, as you advance and as you grow in whatever realm you are, they grow with you. And that's really where the reward comes in. Yeah. And the people actually get value from what you're providing. Um, exactly. Sounds like yeah. you're, you're enjoying that on both aspects in terms of, Hey, providing the content growing in your fitness. And also mm-hmm. seeing some of the results. Have you gotten any testimonials or have you been able to see some of the people that follow you succeed? And yes. what has that felt like?
1: <laughs> um, that's bananas. Cause you know, I got that when I was personal training and that's why I started my Instagram because I have no bandwidth to personal training anymore, but I loved it so much. And I get, um, like it floors me sometimes with the DMS that I get from people and it's not always fitness related. Um I'll get maybe I don't know two or three like Jenny, look what I look what I've been able to do just following you and your advice and all this stuff and those are really cool. But I probably get 20 to 30 messages a week of like paragraph long of how I have influenced them positively in some way. Whether it was their mom who was stressed because of whatever and they've been able to just see me in a moderate lifestyle thriving. Um, maybe it's somebody who took on my portion control advice and all of a sudden they're taking control of their nutrition, but it's, it's those things right there that I, like, I, I, I look up and I'm like, I don't know why you're using me like this, but I appreciate it. And keep doing it because I, it fills me. It fills my cup.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What was the journey like? And, and I think this is important because I know a lot of women might go through this themselves, like after, <laughs> uh, having kids and, you know, I mean, fit mom is in your Instagram title and, and I think it's something that could be inspirational to a lot of moms out there. I'm interested to know that Mm -hmm. journey of, of fitness with motherhood and after pregnancy and things like that.
1: Um, that's a great question. So my, I made it fit fish mom because that was my demographic. That was my, that was who I was creating this for before I realized I was actually going to be a blogger. I was like, I'll be fit fish mom because my, my friends that are moms will know that I'm doing this for them. And now it's later on I'm like is that a stupid name? I don't really care anymore. People get, get they get who I am. But when I had when I had my first baby 7 years ago, I was I was fit. I was strong. I was in the gym 5 to 6 days a week. That was my date night with my husband all the time. But I um, still didn't have it down. I didn't have it nailed down. You could look at me and be like, yeah, she probably is fit. Um, you know, it's one of those things. Like, I think she looks fit, but maybe, maybe she's a little thicker than somebody who's fit fit, you know? Mm -hmm. So I had my first baby at, uh, seven years ago and I just kind of relaxed. Like I stopped doing the restrictive diets. I just kind of ate more intuitively when I was hungry, you know, you're, you're breastfeeding a, a baby for 14 months. You just, you stop caring about, okay, I got to I got to eat this. And then at 10 o'clock, I got to eat this. And then at one o'clock, I got to eat this more. You're going, okay, I need a breast pump here. I need to go feed him here. I need to change his diaper. Those are the things that start prioritizing and be coming to the forefront of your scheduling. So that happened naturally and organically for me, where I stopped worrying about all of this diet food, what I should eat, when I should eat, and when I should work out. The other thing that happened is I started going to the gym and instead of spending an hour and a half, I was spending about 45 minutes, but I was doing the same amount of work. Oh, wow. So I condensed everything down, made it super efficient. And because of all those things, I actually, I actually think my kids helped me in my fitness journey, get the best body I've ever, because otherwise I would have been doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And because I had that disruptive thing happen in my life where I had to reset I reset in the best, most optimal ways that I could have. Um, so then everybody's like, well, what about bouncing back after your baby? How do you worry about that? What, you know, I didn't worry about that at all. At I don't know what happened to me, but something in my mind went, I'm going to just chill. I'm going to do my fitness when I can. I'm going to eat well. And, you know, maybe after a year of this, I'll get back into it. And that's pretty much what happened. But I was doing my fitness as I could. I was eating as healthy as I could. I would crush a Hardee's bacon cheeseburger though, occasionally, cause that was like my jam. Mm. But even on top of that, I was still doing the things that I could. And um, it just worked out where I stopped breastfeeding at 14 months with both of them. And I got back into it and I was, it was great. I was thriving. But yeah. I think that the fact that I took a backseat to it and didn't stress out kept me and my family from being stressed. And, and that was more important to me than anything.
0: Yeah. And did I hear you correctly before you said you and your husband would go to the gym for date nights?
1: Yeah, we, uh, so my husband used to be a personal trainer, you know, now he's in sales and business development. I was a personal trainer. So we, um, we would go together. I'd come home from work. He'd be working from home or something. And then we'd hit the gym at like eight 39. It was always late, always late eight thirty nine o'clock at night. And, um, we never worked out together though. Cause we like <laughs> it, that ain't gonna work. He, um, he's heavy lifter, doesn't like any hit. He just wants to pound the weights. And then you got me, who's like a jackrabbit. I'm all over the place, <laughs> yeah. but, um, yeah, we, we'd go in, you know, tag off, separate, go do our thing. And yeah, he, he's, he's my best friend, man. We haven't nice. done. I yeah. want to try
0: talking Jess into going on date nights with me to the gym. That works <laughs> yeah, just out. Call it
1: that. Call yeah. it a date night. We can get
0: ice cream <laughs> afterward, babe. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be down for that. Nice. Well, uh, kind of <laughs> g- ringing back because I just I heard date night for the gym and I was like,
1: huh? That's, yeah, man. That's, I
0: love that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, talking back with with motherhood, and I know that's that's awesome that you weren't um, you weren't stressed about it because I know that mm-hmm. a lot of women can be stressed about it. Yeah. What would you say to some of the women who probably just had a baby and they might not be completely happy with how they look? And yeah. you know, and I know that that could be you know, very daunting for a lot of women to go through. How can, how would you kind of help encourage them through that?
1: Yeah, I, I think it, it plays a factor on almost every woman postpartum. You don't, your body's not your own is basically how it works. But remembering that I think is powerful. Your body isn't your own for that time, right? It, your body just created a human being and now it's going through a process of healing, So, you know, we look at these women in magazines and Hollywood and they're like, wow, she got her body back in four days. (laughs) And I just, I think we're glorifying those things in the wrong way. And just remembering those things, reminding ourselves that that's not the norm. That's a, you know, that's an N of one that just doesn't make sense in normal population to follow that. I need to listen to myself. And that's the biggest thing. Listen to yourself, like ground yourself and think about your own health. Your stomach is going to look crazy for a couple months and it's fine. You know, it's it just stretched out for nine months. Give it, give it some time. So that's my, that's my best advice is just relax. Understand that it's not going to just be, you know, quick and simple. It's, it's going to take some time, but uh, yeah, just grace, grace and love for yourself
0: absolutely and it's a it's a it's a journey for sure right
1: yeah yeah and you better have a husband that tells you you're sexy anyways big time like don't accept your husband telling you when you when are you gonna get your body back I never lost my body what are you talking about
0: yeah I'm gonna go go ahead and take those notes
1: (laughs) please please
0: note taken um So shortly after you started posting videos, you said in a short amount of time, you got 500 followers and, mm-hmm. and then you start posting to YouTube and TikTok's doing well now. Um, <laughs> so as that trajectory started to pick up, what was, mm-hmm. um, I guess, what was your thought as it's picking up? Are you thinking, oh, wow, this is actually something tangible here that that's growing? Or are you kind of just continuing to be like, well, oh, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. Let's keep putting <laughs> these videos out. I'm, I'm sure there has to be and I yeah. said, this for the intentionality for folks who again probably mm-hmm. want to go down the path of a YouTube channel or something like that. Yeah. Where yeah. um there comes a time where there's intentional planning around it and there's also mm-hmm. a time where I'm like, well, this just started working.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um all right. So for anybody out there who is at ground zero and you have aspirations of being a social media influencer, um, Wow. I, I can't imagine being in your shoes because it's, it's, it really is kind of a lightning strike. And I think my benefit was that I did not go into it hoping for that. I went into it really just trying to share from my friends and it grew. And I listened to feedback from strangers of what they needed. And I added to that. Um, but mine has, seriously just been an organic journey. Um, And the other thing is, is that, you know, my husband and I, we, we, we make a decent living to where I don't need money from, you know, first form nutrition or anybody to pay me to advertise for them. So I haven't had to sell out to anybody. I'll take paid gigs if it's something that I truly genuinely would buy myself, but that's about it. So you won't see a lot of ads on my page. But I also have the benefit of having a very supportive partner where I went to him a couple of times, probably about a year, maybe two ago. And I went, you know, I've, I've got 5,000 followers. I need to monetize this. This is stupid that I'm just doing this for nothing. And he's like, keep doing what you're doing. You're building a brand. You're doing a good job. We don't need the money. Like stop trying to me to it so much. And I was like, okay, I, I don't, I don't want to, I just feel like people are pushing me that way. I'd have tons of you. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And had I listened to them at that point, it, it, would have, it, it would have been very hard. So the fact that he was like, just do what you're doing, build a brand, just give people what you're doing already, and we'll go from there. And then about six months ago or so, I actually had some legit businessmen come to me and they're like, we've seen what you have. We work with people in that industry and we actually think you would do very, very well. So that's when I finally at, I think I had 25 to 30,000 followers. I finally went, okay, maybe now it's time to monetize this because I have people asking for it constantly. And now I have a direction and I've got professionals that are giving me advice. And that's where things flipped for me.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's so valuable to anybody listening, uh, myself included, because a lot of times we try and, and, um, eat the cake before it's done or mm-hmm. kind of dip in too early. Or we look yeah. for the payout too early and we yep. compromise the growth that's happening when, when we kind of do that, when we stick our finger in the batter, if you would. Um, yeah. But when you mentioned kind of the lightning strike, I think part of it is you know, the authenticity. I, I, I know it, on social yeah. media, with all the pages and all the people, the different fitness pages, the different uh, success pages and, and the amount of podcasts out there, the differentiator mm-hmm. is, are you following a trend? Are you following other people doing what they do? Or are you being yourself and you're being authentic? I think people mm-hmm. react to something that's authentic and they can sense that really quick. I, I say the BS yeah. meter, right? They can kind of scroll through it and, and pick that up. Mm-hmm. I think what a lot yeah. of folks pick up from you is the authenticity, and, um, kind of just the Thank genuineness you. of, of your connection. Like you mentioned, you know, you went into it for your friends and yeah, and people feel like a friend. <laughs> now I have
1: a lot of friends <laughs>
0: Yeah, and they're like, Oh,
1: Basically. she looks like a
0: cool friend. I want to be her friend too.
1: <laughs> yeah. And um, do I get that message all the time? They're like, I think we were supposed to be best friends. I'm like, yeah. So we're best friends here. Like we're yeah. now best friends through here. Yeah. yeah.
0: Besties. <laughs>
1: yeah. I love that.
0: Um, one question I do ask a lot on the podcast, cause I love kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit and whether it be in the business, whether it be mm-hmm. with the, the growth of YouTube or whatnot, what are one of the, I guess the biggest obstacles, whether it was in sales college, what are one of the biggest obstacles you were able to overcome on that journey that gives you the mm-hmm. confidence to keep pushing forward? Um, cause I know a lot of folks can take failure hard and, and sometimes yeah. when we get hit and knocked on our butt,
1: mm-hmm. when we
0: can get up from that, that gives us the momentum to keep pushing forward.
1: Um, all right, I'll be I'll be very very honest with it. So we were talking about pharmaceutical sales and how I was I was basically just trying to force myself because it was a paycheck, you know, it was a good paycheck, it was a reputable job, and I was on a team here in Charleston and we were just dysfunctional. Like it just it wasn't working. Nobody trusted each other and uh, our numbers weren't good, which also creates a whole other tension. You know, we've got managers on us constantly, and um, I remember I would come home this before I had children, thankfully, I would come home and, and I'm not a, I am not aii do not deal with depression or anxiety, but I would just be like a bump on the log. And my husband's looking at me like, you've got to make change. Like, this is, this is not you, but I do have a personality where unless something like really pushes me to change, I just kind of sit back and, and let things happen, you know, and he finally went. You got to make a change. Here's here's a contact that I have in um, the lab industry. Maybe pharmaceuticals is for you. And in my mind, I was going. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not cut out for sales. I need to go do something else. I'm not good at sales, apparently. And um, I was. This is you know six or seven months prior. Now I'm five months pregnant, and management is talking about getting rid of some of us because it's just so dysfunctional. My manager put me on a, uh, I don't even know what they call them, basically an actionary thing where I had to get my numbers up or I was probably going to be cut. I was five months pregnant and I'm like, all right, good timing guys. Thanks. Um, So I picked everything up, just started hustling, hustling with my team. Everybody pulled together. Our numbers went up and it just, you know, we got some new members into the team. Some old ones were walked out. But our numbers, we were started performing. We were doing amazing. But that contact that my husband gave me a couple months ago finally started calling me. And I'm like, I'm finally doing good at this job. I'm finally getting confidence in sales. I'm pregnant. What do I do? Well, I called them back, talked to them, and they go, Well, you're you're about to pop pregnant and we need somebody like yesterday in the field. So, you know, we might need a pass and I'll keep looking at it for an open spot for you well, I I had my baby. I was still with the company was on maternity leave. And I sent an email to the woman that I had interviewed with, with the lab company. And I said, Hey, you know, I am just reaching out out of courtesy. I don't know if you ever filled that position, but I'm about to go back from come back from maternity leave in a week. And I'm still interested. I'm still ready to go. And she emailed me back. She said, we actually filled the position, but I really appreciate you reaching out. And, um, I was like, okay, cool. I guess I'm going back in pharmaceutical sales. Here we go. So I got back in, we were doing great again. Like my, my, everything just was connecting, had a new baby. Life was great. Job was great. Well, that company called me back and they said, Hey, so the person we interview or hired, she's got to go to Germany in three months and we need you soon. Can you, can you be available? And again, it was one of those things I had to stop and go. All right, do I want to stop this momentum with pharmaceutical sales that I've never really loved and try something new? And I prayed about it and I ended up going with that company. And she told me one thing. She said, The fact that I reached back out and followed back up with her and just sent her a quick email saying, Hey, how did you ever fill that position? She said, That right there told me that you're somebody who's not just going to take no for an answer. You're going to follow up, you're going to take those next steps to keep that relationship. She said, and That's who I wanted on my team. So. Um, It all kind of just comes 360. You've, you know, I think if you're putting faith into, you know, yourself and, and God or whoever you're believing in and, and just feeling your gut, listening to your gut, things happen. And that's, that's one of those things that I just thought my career in sales is is over. I'm not supposed to be doing this Mm -hmm. and just everything lined up. And I, I stayed true to myself and ended up in a awesome industry doing something that I absolutely love.
0: I love that. I love that. I mean, I could relate to my experience with anchoring when I went from meteorology to the mm-hmm. anchor desk. It was yeah. something I wasn't comfortable with. And I was kind of in the same boat, like meteorology was going great. I was feeling confident in the weather center. I was loving what I was doing. <laughs> and I sat on this desk and I had to learn a new skill yeah. in front of people and had a lot of mess ups along the way. It was a, just a huge <laughs> confidence hit. But mm-hmm. um, I'm glad I stuck with it and, and kind right. of switched because now I feel more confident, not just in the anchoring, but having the background with weather as well uh, yep. allows me to feel more confident. So the hindsight mm-hmm. is is thankful, but going through it, it was rough.
1: Yeah, it's the process. <laughs> but, but I mean, you, you come out and you're like, you learned so much during those hard times. It just shapes who you are.
0: Yeah. You'll be thankful for them when you're in the rainbows. Um, speaking right. of which two final questions looking at your instagram and i know a lot of our our, our listeners hopefully are kind of open up your instagram right now taking a look at your page you have a lot of energy where does it come from
1: <laughs> i i don't know i get uh that's a big question that i get often is what what is your pre workout drink cuz i need some of that <laughs> i'm like uh, it's coffee like it's uh yeah i i don't know i don't know it's genetic it's my kids um I don't know. I just it's one of those things that I feel like there's so much to do in a day that if I sit down, it's 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 gone, you know? So I need to maximize my time and if you want to talk to somebody who who knows how to maximize time, it's right here. I mean, I think about and and that goes for a lot of working mothers quite frankly. I don't know how many working mothers are listening to this right now, but my hat goes off to that group because and 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 working single dads too. Being able to thrive at a job, manage your house, keeping your kids healthy, fed and thriving. Cause nowadays it's not about just raising kids. You got to have your kids thriving, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, it just, it blows my mind when I think about everybody holding it down like that. And I just, yeah. And then I think about myself, I'm like, no, I'm doing that too. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's just organic, I guess.
0: Kudos. Well, I'm going (laughs) to, kind of tap into your Instagram a little bit to feed off some of that energy before I work out. <laughs> that's
1: really what it's it. there for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: I know you, you mentioned, that. um, a business launching here soon. Um, my last question is usually like, what are the rainbows in your future, right? What are some of the the goals and some <laughs> of the projects you're working on coming out here in the next few weeks, few months, mm-hmm. a couple of years, what do you have going on?
1: I don't know. Um, that's, that's one of the, the things that I'm bad at is, is, um, projecting where I'm supposed to go. Um, so I've got this, uh, right now it's a, a mobile friendly app or website. The app will be available in March via iOS and Android. Um, but get salty by Jenny Fisher. It's just, you know, it's one of these things. It's a project that I was like, let me put something together where I can actually train people, effectively train them. But on my kind of, uh, personality wavelength, because I like to dabble so much, I necessarily don't want somebody telling me I need to do ABC. Maybe I want to do a couple of A's. Maybe I want to do some C's. You know, so my my website basically allows you to create your own workout, or you can follow me. Um, but it's also about pushing those people to a next level. Some people have never been athletes, so they don't understand pulling yourself and challenging yourself. So throughout, I'm like coaching that out of you. But to answer your question about going going into the future, I'm. I'm really hoping and praying that this connects to people on a different level than say like your, your beach bodies, your at home workouts where you see somebody doing an exercise, you follow on it. I want somebody connecting it to it and going, she gets me. I feel like she's talking straight to me and this is what's keeping me motivated to come back and view more because I feel like she's coaching me one-on-one. And so if that takes off, like I'm hoping, then who knows, maybe I can make this a bigger platform, but I, I don't know. I just, I don't force anything. I just kind of let it go. And the way it leads me is where it leads me. And I, I think that. I'm happier because of that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hey, it's riding the wave, right?
1: <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: That was a actually a surfer pun. Cause you mentioned that you surf.
1: surfer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um, Where can folks connect with you, Jenny, and follow some of your workouts and maybe even uh, get some of the inspiration in that energy that you're, you're so full of.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, I'm basically FitFish mom on all of the socials. So if you put in fit fish mom and my last name is Fisher, a lot of people are like, where'd that come from uh, fit fish mom on all the socials. And then um, my, uh, my w- uh, mobile friendly website is going to be um, www.fitfishmom.com.
0: I love it. And I'll be sure to have those links in the show notes so folks can kind of open up the show notes right now and and kind of follow through with, with all that. Jenny, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And and I appreciate you being transparent and and vulnerable on this episode.
1: Thank you. Can I add one thing real quick? Um, I get a lot of people asking me how I was able to grow my social media, um, and do all that. And you kind of touched on just being organic and, and authentic to people, but, um, Remember to stay consistent in your message, even if you have to repeat yourself a hundred times on your posts. Be consistent in the message so that it's direct. It's kind of like sales. You want somebody to totally understand where you are without it being muddy. Make sure that you're being very obvious in your messaging and direction. And then the other thing I want to say, besides being consistent, is with your posts, assuming you're not trying to be an Instagram model, that's a totally different thing. If you're trying to actually create bonds with people, make your posts about your viewers, um, instead of yourself. So every time you post something, even if it's talking about something that you do, why is that going to help me as a viewer? So I think that if you start to think of things from, you know, how is that going to help your viewer? Not how is that going to help me things that, that relationship changes. Sorry about that. Um, that relationship changes with, uh, with your, subscribers and followers. And that's what I've found. But that's, I just wanted to touch on that.
0: Oh, thank you for that. Cause I think that's very mm-hmm. helpful and beneficial, um, in terms of, you know, being consistent, not just in the posting, but the message behind it. Mm-hmm. Cause, um, I know a lot of us can have, you know, shiny object syndrome where it's like, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, that. Yep. and, um, you know, that kind of doesn't really build any trust over the long term.
1: That's a good way to put it. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jenny, thank you so much. And I just want to recap some of thank the uh, the notes that I wrote down throughout the episode as we kind of close <laughs> things out. Um, when you're good at something, you kind of get drawn to it. And that was kind of the start with your fitness journey. And I, I mentioned that because a lot of folks ask, you know, what is, your, what is my passion? What is my passion? And, mm-hmm. you know, I tell them, just try, start trying things. And when you find out what you don't like, you're getting closer to what you do like. And True. that's kind of how you can kind of fall into what just might be your passion. And I do think yeah. passion comes after progress. You first yeah. have to get progress into something before that builds. Absolutely. Um, yep. And no is not a personal offense to you. I felt that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because <Yeah.
0: laughs> you know, I hear no a lot in my industry and I know a lot of yep. folks that they're in sales, they hear no a lot and it's hard not to take it personally sometimes. But yeah. when you can rise above that and, and kind of keep on moseying on, that's, uh, yeah, that's definitely a very beneficial thing. And my kids helped me. Um, I think that's very beneficial <laughs> for, for for parents to listen to because, you know, I know a lot of moms might kind of struggle with wanting to bounce back quickly and, yes. and things yes. like that. But when you mentioned the- Do I want to
1: have kids? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: The, and the consolidated kind of schedule that you had instead of an hour and a half in the gym, you had 45 minutes and how can you make that just as effective and and Mm -hmm. kudos and shout out to all the working moms, dads, the single parents out there that continue to not only, you know, get by, but thrive, um, with the challenges that they face in terms of, Mm of time constraint. So kudos to all of you and listening to yourself, um, kind of really kind of listen to the gut we ignore that yeah. sometimes. We get influenced by our surroundings. So I think that right. was very, very um, helpful. And then faith in yourself too, because I don't think we give ourselves enough credit on what we're capable of.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: absolutely. Well, Jenny, thank you so much. And thank you. Listeners, thank you. I uh, hope you enjoyed this podcast and this episode with Jenny Fisher, or you could find her on Instagram or all social fish mom. <laughs> um, and as always, we appreciate you sharing this podcast. If you enjoyed it, if you found value in this episode, please share it with a friend. If you think it would resonate with them, give us a rating and let us know how we're doing. You can be honest. We are just trying to improve. So Continue to get the conversation going and reach out to us and give us a rating. Hit that subscribe button if you want to hear new episodes every week. And don't forget, we have our Patreon page, which you can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. And we really appreciate it. You can also get some extra audio from our guests. You can hear some extra audio from Jenny as well. And as we always say at the end of the episode, guys, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. The No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with Rage starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.